Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. fucking god i love uh, that opening i love our new intro so much hi everybody oh, are you guys as glad to hear different sounds as we are oh so we're back to sounding like a shit show you're welcome you are so welcome but with our new intro our ego is now twice as big we're stepping our game up it's gonna be amazing <laughs> we have a cool intro we don't need to sound good <laughs> <laughs> The rest of it's fine. Just keep listening to that that badass intro. Thank you so much to Jess for that. Thank you, Jess. We appreciate and love you so much because that has honestly brought so much light to my life. It's been so amazing. And our response to the Polly episode has actually been pretty fantastic. Um, right. Everyone has been super supportive, super wonderful. Jess has gotten a lot of feedback, like Jess from her. Um, I got some feedback that I do want to share. We got a lot of feedback, but we're just going to share one. Um, We're going to leave this as anonymous because he didn't say, hey, I said this and tell everyone. (laughs) Um, But he sent me a message that said, just finished the new episode. That was a pretty enlightening conversation for me. I 100% thought poly relationships were entirely sexual. You three should do a side project. You're all good together. Oh, and the new intro is sick. Ugh, sick. <laughs> uh, and it is. It's so, so freaking amazing. And I love it. And I'm just, like, super happy about that entire episode. I loved every single thing about it. I love the fact that it was the first time we got to use our new intro, obviously. Yes. Two, I love the sound quality. And three, I loved getting to sit down, ask the questions that I know people have been asking us about polyamory mm-hmm. that we're never going to get to if we only do it based off of Sex in the City. Right, exactly, because it's never, it's never going to come up. And I feel like just made it so amazing and so like perfectly clear and like concise and that was one of our shortest episodes um but because it was one of our shortest episodes and because we got so much feedback about it and we got actual like question follow-up questions to it that we are gonna do a second episode with her so um yeah stay tuned for that make sure to send all of our all of your questions that you might want to ask Jess about polyamory, that you might want to ask Joe about it too, because Joe's going to come in for a little bit and talk. Um, so go ahead and send that to us at I couldn't help but podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at we swear on Chanel. Uh, or if you want to be completely anonymous, like maybe you know both Joe and I, and you're like, I don't want you to know, but I want to ask these questions. Um, you could hit us up at that wacky app that's like anonymous, <laughs> um, Sahara or something like that. Sa- Saraha. 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 We'll we'll get you guys a link, but it's we swear on Chanel at that as well. Um, is it? Joe's looking at me like, wait, is it? Oh, because I remember because <laughs> I copied the link into my Snapchat, and <laughs> the link is I couldn't help a podcast. Dot, dot Sahara. Sahara dot, yeah. 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 So. so you can also find us there. You know what? We'll just link you guys the fuck yeah, up. We will, you guys love links. Yeah, we will link you up. We're gonna be amazing. So um I also tried something a little bit different um for this episode as well. We did talk about this a little bit in a past episode about dick size because Samantha dated that guy who had the tiny, tiny little dick and she was very upset. 
Um, and that's fair. And so I thought about it and I'm like, what constitutes a big dick for people? Is it length? Is it girth? What is it? Um, so I pulled a hundred strangers. <laughs> no. Survey <I> says. <laughs> Ding. Combination of both pretty much. Um, so yeah, combo of length and width is basically what everyone said. Um, someone sent a message back to me that says both, but I'm a whore. I say that girth is more important because it feels better to be full, but a long girthy dick is undeniably good. Um, somebody else said, this is the best text I will receive all month. So I feel like I've been pretty lucky in terms of quality of dick. Six to eight inches is always nice. Cucumber thick. God damn. Yeah. And I'm like, how big is this cucumber though? Are we talking organic? Are we talking like from the store? Like that's, that's, that's pretty girthy. Um, someone said length and width, though too long hurts more than too wide. That's the most common response that I've heard from people. Mm-hmm. Be- especially, like, for vaginal sex. Because once, like, the penis hits your cervix, like, that shit fucking hurts. Yeah. It's not pleasant. But um, girth, girth feels good because then it stimulates the parts of the vagina that it's supposed to stimulate. Yeah, but too girthy and it feels like you're being ripped in half. So it's like, ugh, which is it? Um, so... Somebody said it's a sliding scale where girth needs to be at a at a minimum, no matter length, and it can't be short and girthy to be a big dick. Like I don't want a Twizzler or a Chode. I like how they said Twizzler, but then just made it nasty with Chode. Yeah, they like did. they couldn't have thought of another food analogy. No, no, because cucumber was taken apparently. What about buttermilk biscuit? Buttermilk biscuits sound delightful. Let's go out to breakfast after this. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I want the whole hog from Western Village. <laughs> oh my god! Ham steak, sausage, Yum. bacon, country gravy, <laughs> and some hash. I mean, nice. So I put this out on social media as well, and a local comedian slash celebrity, Drew Schaefer, commented, and I, you guys, I was at rehearsal when I read this, and I went, ha. And literally had to like cover my mouth because everyone turned around to look at me, look at me because we were in the middle of doing notes and it was really quiet. And I was embarrassed. Um, my page is moaning in the background. It was so funny, but no. So Drew posted um, his answer to Facebook and he said, "Praying the consensus is confidence." I love him. Every time I say something sort of funny on Facebook and he likes my status, I'm so validated. <laughs> like, legitimately. I'm so, so validated every time he's like, yep, I think that's funny. I'm like, bitch, I'm funny. Bitch, I fucking, I'm hilarious. I'm, I'm the funniest shit. bitch. But my favorite response is, new phone, who dis? <laughs> so, so there's that. Um, and this is actually kind of a a shout out to one of our listeners that said that he was sick of hearing about your perfect relationship joe so (laughs) (laughs) we can hear about it some more so there you go so let's launch into the episode before we do Paige. okay what what are we doing we got some statusing updating to do do we do we have status updating no i just want to talk more about how wonderful my boyfriend is oh okay go ahead um we went (laughs) to la over the weekend so much fun and then, obviously, we well, we drove because we're poor. And being in the car with him for eight hours, like, for most people, that's my nightmare with anybody. I'm just like, ugh, mm-hmm. we have to pretend to talk about stuff that <laughs> we think matters. <laughs> but we did. And based off the polyamorous episode, um, Challen actually had, like, a que- had a few questions for me, what I thought about certain things. He liked that certain things were cleared up for him. That's cool. He was letting me know where, what he was feeling. And it was just so exciting because I was like, this is this is the kind of conversations people in relationships hope to have, but maybe 
never get to. They just don't know how. And I like that this podcast has given me a platform to do that. It's with my boyfriend. Not that I can't just talk about these things without the show. But just hearing my feedback or hearing what I think of certain topics that come on the show or hearing a special episode. My boyfriend then starts like wondering like, oh, I didn't know that about you. Like, what is it about this that you like, that you don't like, that you agree with, that you don't agree with? Mm -hmm. And it was just so exciting to talk about that. And I'm so spoiled. He's so nice to me. I'm a fucking asshole. (laughs) He's the kindest, sweetest, most precious, perfect human being in the whole world. so awesome. Little bitch. I love it. Love you, Challen. You're cute. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I've, I've knocked knocked it down to just two guys that I'm dating now. Um, so one of them a couple of days ago, actually, we, we were texting back and forth, and he said, "Hey, like, just to let you know, I know you said that you were dating other people, and I just wanted to let you know that I just started seeing somebody." And I was like, "Okay, like." And and I really had to re-listen to the podcast and listen to Jess talk about programming mm-hmm. because I did kind of have like a little a little bitch of a reaction for a second there where I'm like, what? I'm but you're not getting any better than me. What are you talking about? Why would you want to date anybody else? But I had to be like, no, I'm dating other people, and you know what? It takes a lot of the pressure off that he's dating somebody else. Like, so in the end, it actually was pretty cool that that he is, and I don't have to, like, worry about being somebody's everything. And if he finds, like, joy in this girl, like, more than I can provide for him, then that's, like, I know him well enough now that that's so awesome that he can find that happiness. And so it was just, it was really cool. Like, at first I was like, Ugh! And then, and then I was like, no, okay, I'm good, I'm good. So, yeah. How exciting. So I'm glad that we're yeah. both in good places. I love it. It's super awesome. All right. All right, that's been our episode. Thank you guys so much so, for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Bye forever. This was, the, so, this, this was the other special episode, the Big Dicks episode. This is a Big Dicks episode. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Um, Synopsis is going Synopsis to Joe time. today. Let me tell you what the fuck this episode was about. <laughs> Carrie dates a short story writer. First of all, it is. Uh, it's episode 15 of season two. Thank you. Titled Shortcomings. It's important. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Back to my synopsis. <laughs> Carrie dates a short story writer, but becomes more attached to his family. Miranda dates a divorced father. Charlotte finds her brother in a compromising position. <laughs> they don't mention Charlotte, which is interesting, but later we will find out why they don't mention Charlotte. Because she's a jerk. Because she died. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, so my we, God. What if, what, what if Sex and the City decided to do that? Just kill off one of their characters? That's what Sex and the City 3 is about. <laughs> <laughs> they all get old and die. <laughs> I think Samantha's going to outlive them. God, I hope so. Which There's any the justice. Charlotte. Charlotte asks, would it be like trying to help someone across the street or something? She get hit by a car. She's, yeah. She's not meant for this world. No, there. she's really not. Oh, but she has babies and a husband now. <sighs> oh, I can't Never let that mind. go. Anyways. Carrie, Carrie. They all die. died in a fire. Big, big <laughs> guy and Carrie would just get like 40 minutes of her just sitting on a bed crying. Right. And, and then the, really the rest of the movie would be her nailing everyone in New York City that just moved. Like, since she got married. It's a new generation of man, and it's a new generation of Carrie. Watch out, New York. (laughs) It's the new me.
Eh. Carrie. Anyway. Meet new me. <laughs> no, if, if Charlotte ever had a makeover, it'd be like, it'd be the new Charlotte York. Oh, Jesus Christ. God. And they, they love their little phrases and their little, like, poignant... They think they're so, so fucking clever. They oh. are sucking their dick so fucking hard. <laughs> so masturbatory. Oh god, it is. You can just hear it. Like there's I a moment it. that all the characters have where it's like, "You may applause now," because that was such a good line we delivered to you. Right. It's like having freaking lunch with a bunch of theater people. <laughs> On my trip, let me tell you about theater people. Theater people are the worst, obviously. Obviously. But um, we went out with my friends that we had stayed with in L.A. And then we got home and played Cards Against Humanity. And I was like, Cards Against Humanity? Like, whatever, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But everyone at that table was an improver. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. So you're just like, I lose. No, it was funny. Because every single card that was put down, not every single card, I'm saying that for dramatic effect, as one does. Obviously, yeah. Uh, it became a skit. It became an on-the-spot, at-the-kitchen-table skit. Oh, that's kind of fantastic, actually. And it was so fucking funny. Oh, and, like, boy. I had a... Black, and I was like, I've never played it this way, mostly because I'm the funniest in a group ever playing Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> and if I'm the funniest one in the group, that shit needs to get canceled right away because that is not fun for anybody. Hmm. But it was just so fucking hilarious, and it just became a giant joke for everyone to like pitch in and like throw in a character or two. And it was like lives dies right on the spot, and there'd be callbacks later on in the oh, thing. And God, it was that's, so that's beautiful, fun. Oh, now I want to get all of our improv friends together to play Cards Against Humanity. Uh, but they're too good. See, these people were like taking classes. Oh, cute. Okay, so they were our like, improv friends are too good, and they'd get into it, and it would become like a four-hour performance. And okay. I have to try and take a nap. That's fair. But here's the thing: Jess is going to listen to this episode, and she's going to make it happen anyway. Love you, Jess. Make it happen. Love you, Jess. Special special episode. Special episode. No, not special episode. Not from us. <laughs> we're, our, we're we're starting a new podcast called Cards Against Improvers. Right. I mean, we're already like. We're, we're already a good 14 minutes into this episode, and we haven't even addressed it. So let's get in. So it'll be one of our short episodes. Let's. <laughs> Usually we don't get in until 45 minutes in. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's dive in. So we uh, start the episode with Miranda at her gym, where it is family day. It's bring your children day for no reason. What? That's okay. This is I, heavy equipment. I, yeah, I literally have it written down here. I said they don't belong there. It's an insurance disaster. They don't belong anywhere because they're children. Well, that too. But, you know. Yeah, but like at a gym, they would have like special play. Even at gyms here that allow you to bring your children, they have special sections for your children because you can't have your children running around. Fucking Miranda's deadlifting some shit and some kid comes and tickles her. Like that is dangerous. Yeah, that's super dangerous. Like she could, she's a lawyer. She could have sued the gym. And why didn't she? She should. Because she's a bad lawyer. (laughs) That's why. They never quits her job and they never give her promotions. Oh my God. Yeah, they never, never address her. So she's in the, okay, first of all, she gets in the elevator of the gym, which has four floors, Miranda. Knock it off. Listen, a lot of people like to talk some shit about like escalators going to a gym or elevators going to a gym. You're exhausted. (laughs) You need a rest. Gym shouldn't have four floors. And gyms shouldn't have stairs leading up to it. They should be on ground level. Why? Because of that. Because if you get you're because you're exhausted. You don't need you just you don't need that kind of drama in your life. After you've gotten out of a gym, you should be at ground level and you should just walk to your car, get in your car, go home. And cry. Yeah. I like gyms with multiple levels though, because it thins out the like crowds. 
because that's my least favorite thing about gyms is there's so many people and i'm like i just want to work out using this equipment but i don't want to be in anyone's space and i also don't want anyone to be in my space yeah, and then you can also like spread it out like some the elliptical machines are on one floor so if you're just looking for a nice like i'm just gonna walk for 30 minutes yeah. You don't want to hear, like, the grunts of the dude bros who are like, I don't even know why I come here, but watch me. Ah, ah, yeah, bro, I fucking deadlifted 600 pounds, bro, fuck yeah. Oh, that's the freaking worst. But if you're on a different story, then you're like, whatever. Live your life, guy. All right. Dude well, bro. Dude bro. Anyways, she gets into the elevator, and she has to go to one, and this guy is there with his kid. His obnoxious, not well-mannered shithead of a kid. Mm-hmm. He really likes to push the button. Would you let him push the button? Yeah. She says. She's like, yeah, just uh, press one for me. So he presses all four of them. They've got to be on one floor. So right away, I'm like, okay, listen, script supervisor, you fucked up. (laughs) Because you shouldn't be able to push the floor that you're on. But they did it anyway. What if they were on the fifth floor and you hit one through four, but we just didn't see the fifth floor button? I don't think so. It's okay. <laughs> um, let me talk shit about the script writers, please. Yeah, let me let me have my moment. So anyway, he pushes all the buttons, so they're stuck on the elevator. And then once she finally gets to the first floor, he's kind of flirty, and he's like, "Want to take another ride with me?" And she gets back in the elevator because she is so hard up for dick that she needs to get a date invite from a guy who has kids, who she immediately shit talks about at brunch the next day with the girls. About how she doesn't like dating guys who have kids. Then why'd you go on a date with him, you fucking bitch? Yeah, she goes out on several dates with him and fucks him. Spoiler alert. But anyway. Spoiler alert for the episode we're already covering. Right. <laughs> for later. For five minutes from now. <laughs> let's let's be real. 18 minutes from now. Um, uh, no, you forgot my side of the personal anecdotes. We're going to do 32 <laughs> minutes. Oh, no. Everyone's stopping the episode right now. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. Like, Fame's getting to our head. They're like, fuck you guys. You know, so now many- we're from our sponsors. Now we're from our sponsors. Support our Patreon. Um, so, yeah. Would you date anybody who has kids? I always thought about this, and I always thought the answer would be no. But for some reason, I have this instinct that I would, and I think I would enjoy it. Okay. Because then... You know that they're responsible for the most part. Not saying that everyone who has kids is responsible. Mm-hmm. But to a degree, if they have kids, they're separated. Something has to be working right. They have to be doing something right. And I appreciate that. And I am a big fan of not being someone's number one for anything. Mm-hmm. So if they have a kid, it allows us to date, be in a good sphere. And they're not going to be like, hey, what are you doing? Why don't you come over all the time? Like, they have to worry about their kid. And that'd be super cool. And then, like, kids are awful, but I can hang out with them, like, every now and then. See, I thought that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't like it. I actually dated a guy, maybe, not dated a guy. I went on one date with a guy, um, like, six, seven months ago. And he had two kids, but he trash-talked his ex-wife. No, absolutely Um, not. he, He adored his kids, which was great. Um, but then he like gaslighted me during the date too. And then afterwards he was just pushing me about stuff and like texting me and he's like, just, yeah, like, like, let's talk about it. Like, tell me something. And they're like, like, ask me a question, ask me something about me. And I'm like, okay, do you realize that you're gaslighting people or do you do it on accident? And he got hated and 
clearly I didn't see him again. <laughs> but it, like, I think that it would be nice because now that I am, like, slowly getting to the point where I am aging out of being able to have my own kids, it would be nice to be like, well, you know, I can have stepkids. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm done with them, I'm like, yeah, go to your other mom. Bye. Bye. So I think that I'm a little bit more open to it, but not, like, a whole lot. I'm not going to trash talk it the way Miranda does, though, and then go out on a date with the guy who has kids. Multiple times. My sister dated a uh, guy with a kid, and not, the dynamic is interesting. And I think that's mm-hmm. what, like, I want to hit on. Because you're in the position that you have a child and you're going out there and dating. You're not just dating that person. That person is then coming into your life, which is what this episode talks about. It's like, you have to meet the family. Mm-hmm. So then your child, who is young and, like, has to understand that mommy and daddy, or mommy and mommy and daddy and daddy, who am I to put the binary there? The parents. The parents are not together. And not only that, but here's this stranger coming into my home Mm -hmm. that could be permanent or could be temporary. Mm -hmm. So, like, meeting the first person after your parents are split, Mm -hmm. that's hard. Because then you're just like, no, who's this person coming in here? They're not my mom. They're not my dad. Whatever. Right. Screw you. Right. Yeah. Or you're accepting of them. But then you meet the second person. And then the third. Mm-hmm. Or the fourth and the fifth and the sixth. Like, it just becomes this train of people that you're yeah. like, do I get used to you? Do I not get used to you? Yeah. And I would never want to be introduced to the kids unless it was deeply serious. Because I do not want to be fucking with that kid's world. Because at a certain point, those kids become your kids. Right. Even even if you aren't with that person anymore. And that's... Like, I would not break up with the kids, essentially. I would be like, hey, can I hang out? Like, I know we broke up. And I know that we were only together for, like, three months. But, like, I want to take little Timmy to the movies. You know, like... Can I hang out with your kid? But in which case, right. that's weird. Which, yeah, then it's weird. And then, of course, they're going to say no. And then you feel like you left behind this kid. And it's, like, the nanny... The nanny... Yeah, it's totally the nanny diaries. Like... I would feel so bad leaving that kid behind. So I would not want to meet the kid unless we were deeply serious. And then what happens if it, one, you can't decide to get serious with someone if your kid doesn't like that person? Yeah. Because, like, what if it gets serious? Like, you've been dating for, like, six months, a year, Mm -hmm. and then you get to meet the kid? And you're like, okay, I think our relationship has gone there enough. And the kid's like, no, I absolutely do not like this fucking person. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's hard. I mean, everyone loves me, so it wouldn't be... Who wouldn't? It wouldn't be a big thing. But then also, imagine dating someone with a kid for, like, 6, 7, 8, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And then it doesn't work out. Oof, yeah. Like, you have to tell that kid that has grown up knowing with, you and with you... Right. ...that that person's no longer going to be coming around. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's, it's uh, not, it's, it's just not, wild. Yeah. It's not okay. In other news, Charlotte has a brother. Which we find out about at this lunch. And then we never see ever again. No. I don't think she ever mentions him ever again. I think she's, he's literally just... I feel like in the writer's room, they're like, you know who hasn't gotten fucked in a while? Samantha. <laughs> we should do something about that. Doesn't Charlotte have a brother? Well, she does now. So Charlotte's brother has been separated and um, is coming to stay with Charlotte uh, for a little while while he's separated. And... I'm sorry, but she is so being my mom (laughs) when it comes to him getting a divorce. Are you sure you guys can't work it out? It was such a lovely wedding. And he's like, yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be a lovely divorce. Like, my mom still, the last time I saw her, 
was like, so you're sure that you and Chad can't work it out? I'm like, mom, divorce paperwork's been filed for a month. I'm dating two dudes. Fuck off. And she was <laughs> you like, can still make it work. And she was totally, she, you know, what's great though. In a hilarious plot twist, she goes, oh, you're dating two guys. That's great. I'm like, it is. And she was like, yeah, that's fantastic. I always told you you should date more than one person. Your mom is so cool. And I'm to like, an extent. Mom, <laughs> where are you? Who are you? What are you talking about? She was like, don't you remember? In high school, I was always like, you should date more than one person. And I'm like, mom, I can't get one person to like me. And I'm like, fair. <laughs> My mom's also the person that I... Um, so I just bought one of the little kimono tops from Pop-Up Apparel for a friend. Uh, Amanda McHenry's shop. How dare you forget her name? Uh, no, it's no, her no. birthday tomorrow. It, is it really? Is it a Thursday? Yeah. No. Yes. 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 Yeah. Tomorrow's her birthday. Oh my God! Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Amanda McHenry. Amanda McHenry owns a shop called Pop Up Apparel, um, and she's selling all this cool shit. But she's selling these kimonos, which are super cute, but they're like a one size. Um, and so I was at this party wearing the kimono and. I was telling my mom, I was like, it was a one size, but I feel like my shoulders aren't big enough to like hold it up. And she was like, there's a first time for everything, right? (laughs) Thanks, mom. (laughs) Yes, I have giant shoulders. Thank you. Thanks, mom. Thanks for that. I'm pretty sure that's your side of the family. (laughs) So, um. I forgot there was a dog here and I just keep leaning back. Oh my gosh, we forgot to introduce our special guest star. Actual star. Actual star. Actual star, Kodiak Golden. Um, so. Coda, as we like to call him, uh, starred in Dear George, a movie that I worked on. Uh, I'm dog sitting right now, and he is a legit like service animal, and so he was bred not to bark, and so he's just chilling out and like sleeping right now. He's a gem, and we will take a picture and post it on social media with him because gorgeous. He's my favorite. Um, He's no Stella the Wonder Pup. He's not really, like, contributing to this episode. But that's okay, because you know what? When you're a tiny little little piece of fluff, it's hard to stay awake a lot. So. <laughs> Me. <laughs> it's fair. Um, I do want to have a short conversation. Mm-hmm. When the girls are all talking about Miranda's man and everything, mm-hmm. they're talking about buying used men. They're like, you can't thrift shop men. Ooh, yeah, that's, blah, blah. that's such a, like, a rough way to, like... Treat I people. hated the way it was phrased. It was so like Tinder culturey. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, just mm, he's got kids. Swipe left, and it was nasty. But it, uh, I just like to feed into the machine. Uh-huh. It it was fascinating, like buying or not buying, but getting people who are used who have been used before. Mm-hmm. So like dating someone outside of like marriage doing all that stuff like do you put all your baggage up front do you not do you because i was watching this show of something i listen me doing any references like at some point in my life i may or may not have watched listened spoken about read or witnessed (laughs) this one-time event but i'm bringing it up now yes but they were talking about how you can't just throw all of your information up there like Mm -hmm. You have to, like, slowly fade into someone. Like, if you... To to be dramatic, like, if you have depression, do you tell someone about that on the first date? If yeah. you have HIV, do you tell someone about that on the first date? Cool. If you are married, if you have kids, like, is that first date things? What do you talk about on the first date if you come with certain baggage? Everyone has their own baggage. So I'm right. not just saying that 
this is what qualifies as baggage and everyone else is fine. Right. No, if you have certain baggage, at what point do you tell that to your partner, mm-hmm. if at all? I mean, I feel like it's so case-by-case basis. Like, if it's something where you are getting to the point where it's, like, it's a first date, but you're really getting along, and it's super awesome, and you think that it might be a something that stops them or something that comes up even because mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie if something comes up i'm not gonna lie like if if somebody just brings it up and they're like have you been married before i'm not gonna be like uh you know no no i was married before and i got a divorce and it sucked and i'm not going to be like getting into the specifics of it i'm gonna you know say yeah i i got divorced and if you'd like to hear more about that you can listen to my podcast i couldn't help a podcast on itunes and omni right here are the here are the episodes that i talk about this if you really want to know and let them hear it or not hear it like there's it's so funny like to this day there's still people like that will say something to me and i'll be like how do you know about that part of my life they're like, so listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh, right. Oh, right. I put my shit out there. I forgot I'm a public figure. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Come back. Do you like stuff? Try Loot Crate. It's <laughs> the box of stuff. <laughs> box of stuff. Oh, my gosh. So one of the guys that I'm dating, I just, like, randomly texted to him the other day. I was like, I wish that there were, like, monthly subscription boxes, but for snacks. And he sent me a link, and I'm like, oh, my God. If you get me, like, three of these, I'll marry you right now. Nature Box. <laughs> no, I want good snacks. Nature Box are good snacks. Listen, I subscribe. We sound You could try this. These are really good and really healthy for you. I hate everything. <laughs> we listen to too many podcasts. We do. We're terrible. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Back to the episode. So Hold on. Here, back to my question. Okay, so it's case-by-case okay. case basis, right? I think it's a case-by-case case basis, but I think that like by the third date, if you have anything that's super heavy, you need to put it out there. How, how do you start that dialogue? Well, it depends on what it is. Like, I don't say that i was married before ever unless it comes up because it's none of their fucking business and it doesn't affect anything it's not like i have herpes right if you had herpes how soon would you tell them i would i would say something on the third date if it felt like it was getting serious okay and i would be like just to let you know you know i do have an std it is herpes i am taking medication for it it does not affect anyone unless a flare blah 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 you know and do the whole spiel and i just felt like this was the time to let you know and that's i feel like how i would do it is it fair having disclosed that private personal information with someone and having that person decide not to carry on a a relationship with you yeah i think that's fair i mean I, that's why I feel like that's like third date status stuff where it's like you didn't get too close. Uh-huh. You wouldn't be, a, you would be upset. You would be offended, obviously, but you wouldn't be heartbroken. And I feel like once you get to the part where you're at the fourth date, you're getting a little serious. Clearly you like each other. Then heart heartache gets involved and you definitely want to avoid that. Uh-huh. And I'm also kind of a sneaky bitch and sometimes I'll like bring it up to see what they think of it first. Yeah. Where I'll be like... Oh, I love that. I'm such a... I'm a, I'm a bad person. Where I'll be like, so... Here's a, here, here's a question for you. Just 
for like psych 101 purposes i just want to get to know you better what do you think about people with stds or whatever I, oh, you know it's so funny i just put this question on the podcast twitter <laughs> i'd like to hear what you think right can i see it um give me one second beep, boop, 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 boop. here you go there you go okay by the way i'm completely std free for anybody who's asking right now because i feel like that was that was like a little unclear so yeah totally 100% std free mm-hmm. squeaky clean like a rubber ducky go me um, i was listening to an episode of modern love and oh which shout out like they i'd love them is they that, is that so a much. podcast it's a podcast and it's from the modern modern love column in the new york times it's published every sunday where people send letters about love loss all that kinds of stuff and they're so well read i love you (laughs) thank you they on the podcast they have celebrities coming in and read some of their favorite letters and talk about why it was important to them they also talk to the authors and saying like what has developed from this all this fun stuff it's beautiful it helps me out so much but there was this character who was struggling with depression and it uh, was bipolar or depression or not that they can't be both but Mm. um she met this guy when she was on one of her highs and she was loving and she was so excited to meet him and they came down for the date and it was one of her lows like super low the mm-hmm. fact that she got out and talked to him anyways was just a big enough step for her but then he was like do you by chance have like a twin sister or something that i Oof. might have met and something but she never disclosed like that she was battling this that she was trying to try yeah. she was struggling with this kind and of thing. i think that's unfair to not share with someone because especially being bipolar mm-hmm. is very difficult for the partner to deal with mm-hmm. like i never really i mean i i definitely have depression mm-hmm. and it is 100 percent worsened by the fact that i'm just jewish for one um but also i whenever i'm on any kind of like birth control pill mm-hmm. always causes severe depression so it gets much worse and i also have hypothyroidism which is depression as well like it affects everything and so there are some days where i'm just like fuck everybody god like this really sucks but it's i also know that i'm also the type of person that will 100 percent just rally mm-hmm and so it's not something that i will necessarily disclose but i will actually this does bring up a good point i will disclose my hypothyroidism by the second or third date because there is a lot of stuff that physically i can't do like you know if they want the third date to be like hiking up a hill i'm like that's a cool story but that's not going to happen i will die yeah like i i won't actually die but like i'll have to call in sick for the next two weeks and that sucks Mm -hmm. And I am, you know, trying to get a, like, good doctor right now so that I could get more regulated with my thyroid. But for right now, that's why I'm chubby. That's why I have depression. But now that I'm, like, off birth control, that I am out of a bad marriage, like, I think that there, I mean, there are honestly times when I'm trying to, like, make somebody feel better and I'm trying to, like, give them all these good points that I'm like, damn, I've come a long way. Good for me. I'm not that depressed. Yay. But it's... I feel like with bipolar, though, it's super important to be, like, very straightforward about that. Mm -hmm. But also to be very open and honest about how good you are with it. Because if you're the type of person that's like, yeah, I've slipped and I've not taken my medication and it's been rough, 
but I've been taking my medication for X amount of days or whatever, like, and, you know, and I, I feel like I'm doing really well. Like, they deserve to know that. They deserve to know that they're getting into a potentially emotionally volatile situation. Okay. And, like, I don't know. I, I don't I feel like it's important for them to know, and it's important for you to be able to escape a lot of heartbreak if that is a deal breaker for them, because it very well could be. Right. And you have to know that that's not necessarily about you. That's just something that they can't handle. And wouldn't you rather find out about that on the third date than five years in? Right. When you're trying to make it work and it's just not going to, you know? There was this film that you and I and a large group of people recently watched where a gay man on the first date with with another gay man, they both disclosed that they were HIV positive. Mm -hmm. And due to the amount of time that one person had HIV the second person decided to discontinue this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be so heartbreaking. But I, I, I cited, I, I, not cited, I understood where the second gentleman was coming from, where he's like, mm-hmm. this is something that I can't allow myself to get into. It's not that you are a bad person. It's not that I don't like you. It's just something that I know, I know that I wouldn't be able to help you out with, that I couldn't deal with. Mm-hmm. And I have to look out for me, too. And yeah. the film kind of villainized him. A little bit, yeah. yeah and a little bit. And I understood that, like, when you have the protagonist, you're supposed to root for them. Mm-hmm. So if something goes against them, you're against that. Mm-hmm. But me and my boyfriend had a conversation about it. And it was just it was just interesting to see people have to protect themselves first. Yeah. Before doing a relationship, even if that could cause potential harm mm-hmm. to another person. Because then the person who disclosed he was HIV positive for a long while fell into a bout of depression mm-hmm. yeah and you have to figure out how much responsibility you're willing to take for someone else whether yeah. it's am i a source of joy for this person but then i am upset mm-hmm. or am i going to have this minor upset right now for me but i will keep on prospering even if it's at the expense of someone else's happiness yeah and that was i mean overall that was a beautiful movie mm-hmm. um i believe it's getting a distribution deal so it should be out soon actually um it's called pushing dead and we saw it at the Reno Tahoe International Film Festival. Shout out. And it was, it was like a great movie. Mm-hmm. It was very intricate and well woven. And there were so, there were so many good movies during that, that film festival. Like the shorts were fantastic. And not just the one that I worked on. <laughs> but it no, really was like super fantastic. But it's true. It's hard because. You know, yeah, he fell into like a really deep depression and it was really hard for him. But I don't I don't think that it was right to villainize that guy because quite honestly, there's no way he could have ever known that right. that it was going to have that effect. Right. And it was and it was on their first date. Mm-hmm. So it's not like three dates and it's not six dates and you don't know this person entirely. You don't know what they're right. about. And, yeah. and if that's another about if that if that's another thing you don't disclose that you have depression. Yeah. That people make decisions based off the information they have. Yeah, for sure. And I think it was really interesting because in the movie, they both knew before they went out on the date that they were HIV positive. Um, and it was on the date that he asked how long he had been mm-hmm. HIV positive. And that was actually the the point of contention. And I have never had HIV. I like I don't have enough experience with it. I'm not sure exactly why it scared him that much that he had been HIV positive for that long. Maybe it was, and this is like literally my 
awful white girl privileged like interpretation of it was that the only thing I could think of was that he just felt like he wasn't going to have a lot of time with him and why bother starting anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the case or not, but that's how I interpreted it when I saw it. And I thought, God, that's really sad that you would give up five years of what could be completely joyful, blissful happiness just because it's only five years and not 15. <coughs> but, meh. That's just me. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up because I it how they how the girls phrased it in the show I didn't like. Yeah, but it got me thinking like if people come with baggage, how do people address that baggage? Mm-hmm. So thank you. It's it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, <laughs> um, Carrie's dating this new guy who's a short story writer, and as soon as like he popped up, like. JD and I were immediately like on the on the petty train. We were just like, "What? A, he looks like a serial killer." We started roasting him so hard. Yeah, and I was like, "He looks like a like he was in a failed rock band in his twenties. Like, who is this nerd?" Hey, surprise! It's Justin Thoreau again, again, playing a different character. Yeah, because why not? Just come on back, bud. No, but they gave deal. him a haircut. They gave him a severe widow's peak. Oh my god, it, that shit was sharp. It was it was male pattern baldness bad. And I don't know if they did on, that on purpose or not, because he, his hair looks fine today, so yeah. I don't know what the problem well, is. Well, now he's a star, so he can afford fucking hair implants. Oh, good for you, Justin. Good for you, Justin, throwing your penis. So, um, anyway, he has to drop something off at his parents' house for some reason. Um, and she's like, oh my gosh, can we just, I don't, mm, I don't can, can she we just She doesn't want to meet his parents. She, she, doesn't, yeah, she does, doesn't want to meet his family. She doesn't want to meet his family, even though... With Big, she was like, oh, parents love me. I want to be introduced to your mother. Bitch. Inconsistency. Anyways, um, they eventually go in to meet his family. And oh my god, you guys, it's Rhoda. Oh my god. Playing the best character on this show ever. Oh, it's Rhoda. Rhoda of Mary Tyler Moore fame is his mother. And I love her so much. She's the best, like, she's one of, like, the actresses where literally if she was in anything, I would be like, I'm there. Would you watch her in... I would watch her in Oedipus Rex. I would watch her in Sex in the City. Would you watch her in Nadeth Museum 17? Yes. Would you watch the previous 16 to understand the context or just the one with her? Probably just the one with her since Robin Williams is gone, so... What if she plays FDR? Oh, I'm so there. Is that Robin Williams played? I never saw them. Um, no, he played Teddy Roosevelt. I Wrong Roosevelt. <laughs> those are the people. I always think those two are the same person. I know that they're absolutely not, and I know their achievements individually. <laughs> but in my head, I will always think that FDR and Teddy Roosevelt are the same person. That's so cute. I totally can tell the difference between them, because one of them was on Annie. <laughs> and, in a, and in a wheelchair. And the other one... The other one was my fucking favorite president of all time because not only were teddy bears named after him, but he totally brought his own lexicon into it, into bully, and he made the Panama Canal, and he was just overall badass. He stopped wrestling because he's like, hmm, maybe a president shouldn't have a black eye. Chalin is obsessed with one of them. Probably FDR. I don't want to, like... I don't want like, to speak for him. I don't want to. But... I don't want to speak for him, but I feel like he's an FDR lover. But if he's a Teddy Roosevelt lover, tell him, let's talk, call me. Oh my yeah, because like, he has I information at the hoo-ha. Him and his best friend, like, obs- like not obsessed, but they stand for him. That's 
Well, if it's FDR, that's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Rhoda and the whole, like, lesbian gang are... The lesbian gang? There's only one of them. There's one, like, there's a sister who's a lesbian, and then there's the other sister who's... Who's not a lesbian. Not a lesbian, but still great. And then the dad's super great and everything. Like, the whole family, I had it written down, I, like... It's Rhoda, and she's talking about re-virginization, and his family is a high-class American dream. I love them. I'm obsessed with all of them. Rhoda is a... She makes documentaries, and she just got nominated for an Oscar in the show. (laughs) And she got nominated in the show for an Oscar for her work on genital mutilation. Yeah. Which is amazing. She's beautiful. She, this I is a topic her. that I am specific, I care about a lot. <laughs> so the fact that I'm like, oh, here's this cool character who likes talking about sex, who has a good, perfect family, is living the dream, mm-hmm. and she's obsessed with this thing that I like. Yeah. I she, mean. Yeah. So the whole family is fantastic. Carrie falls in love, which is the first smart thing she's ever done on this show with the family, not with him. Um, she calls her, she, Rhoda calls Carrie an icon. Yeah. At this point, is Carrie an icon, do you think? Not at the New York Star, she isn't. What about in terms of Sex and the City? Is is Sarah Jessica Parker? Parker. I feel like it's getting there. I feel like this is the part where they're officially, like, doing what we're doing, which is getting too big for our britches, and, like, just... At least she was on HBO. We're on Omni. We're not even on SoundCloud. Oh, man. Season three. Season three. We might be making a switch. Step up your game, Omni. Anyways, um... So Miranda goes on her date with the parent who, whatever, man, he brings his kid out on the date, which first of all, your kid is a terror. You do not need to be bringing this kid out. Yeah. Why would you bring your kid on a date? Yeah. I don't know. Knowing that your child is awful and then you overindulge and then you also call yourself a terrible parent. Like this is all, this is all things that this dad has said about himself. So why would you go on a date with this person who clearly does not care about your fucking child? Yeah. On a date. Not good. This kid also hits Miranda in the back of the head with a giant tree branch. Yeah, he's a jerk. He's a total, total jerk. Um, <gasps> what if you date someone and you find out that their ch- their kid is like the class bully? No. Then oh my god! Deal. That is a total deal breaker. I want it. If I'm gonna date someone, if if I'm gonna date someone with children, that person needs to be the dad of the child, the fucking bully. I will give that kid so many tips. Yeah, I will help them out. You're a terrible human. Um, but yeah, so I put down my note is if he can't raise a kid, why date him? She calls him like the like the American dream or whatever on on the date, which I'm like, why? His kid just hit you, and he didn't do much about it. He was like, listen here, little Timmy. Can you say sorry? And the kid's like, no, and runs away. And the dad's like, oh, well, you win some, and then you're a parent. Right, and that's awful. Like, if you can't raise a kid, then clearly you're not going to be able to take care of your woman, so bye. What is the correlation there? Because you can't ra- The kid is a terror, and if you cannot raise someone... <sighs> sorry, guys. We have to take a short break because Coda is peeing on his puppy pad. He's actually peeing on your curtains, but okay. No, he's not. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Did you go pee-pee in a good place, Coda? Did you go pee-pee in a good place? Good job. I need to give him <laughs> I need to give him a number. So Perfect, because I need to take the stand right now. Okay, take oh, it. Oh shit. Oh my god, I just got ran over by this Hi, puppy. foot and a half size dog. Oh my god, you're so cute. You're so cute. You, you peed. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> this is Dakota Queen's Edition episode. <laughs> You're such a good boy. Good job. 
Now go back to sleep. You're distracting us from the hard work. And hard work and podcast. Anyway, Stella the mystery pup would ever do this to me. <laughs> you, but you hear her little feet all around. And I know, it's happy. so cute. Um, so, sorry guys. Uh, where were we? So yeah, um, Miranda's date sucks. So yeah, no, if you can't, that kid is a terror. Yeah. And if you can't teach your kids right from wrong, that means you don't know right from wrong. Obviously, because we're he in different thinks, positions. Because this because he thinks it's okay that like he's like, oh ha ha, like I have to buy all my dates helmets. No, you should be teaching your son manners. You should be. But also teaching children is very different from talking to adults. Adults understand and comprehend and have enough experience to know. So I don't believe that the two are necessarily tied. That's fair. I feel like they are. As an older person. <laughs> as an older person, you're a year and a half. As an old older than I am. person. Stop it. I wish. <laughs> no, girl. Mm. Not in these economic times. Fair. So Charlotte, um, then we go to Charlotte still being a dick to her brother about working it out with his soon to be ex wife, which still Wesley me and out. Leslie. Wesley and Leslie. Ugh. Why would anybody name their kids Charlotte and Wesley? Charlotte's a pretty name. I'm not saying that they're not both equally, like, great names, but, like, together. Like, I don't see two people naming their kid. Like, they're vastly different. People don't plan out the amount of kids that they're going to have, and they don't plan out their children's names. They just put names together, and it always bothers me. Because I feel like if you're going to name your child, one, make sure that their first, middle, and last names sound good together. Instead of just throwing names, like, William, Thomas, Smith. Like, you, it has to have a flair. It has to flow together. Some people just throw yeah. in, like, really jutty names. Well, not everybody's parents are writers. Oh. But also, you should think about it. But This coming from Joe Daniel Montelongo. Listen, my name was going to be awesome. Jack. Ooh. I'm glad they changed it. Why? Because well, I love your name. Joe? Joe is awesome. so ugly. It's not even Joseph. It's just Joe. Is it really Joe, like, on your birth certificate? Yeah, it's Joe. J-O-E. That's funny. I always thought that it was Joseph Daniel Montalongo. No, it's Joe. And you just went by Joe. No, it is Joe. I would prefer to go by Joseph. It is Joe. It's not even Jose. It is Joe. (laughs) Joe Daniel Montalongo. My name was going to be Jack Daniel. That's funny. Jack Daniel Montalongo. Like, I always love the name Jack. I'm always. My mom. Papa. Fucked up. Because my dad wanted to name me Jack Daniel. My mom was like, no, I'm not going to name my son after an alcohol. Blah, blah, blah. Whiskey's the only thing I can drink. <laughs> so that should have been good. Sign. <laughs> and some girl was giving my mom life advice. And she was like, no, his last name's too long. You should name him something short. So she called me Joe. But mind you, both of my parents are Latinos with yeah. heavy Spanish accents. And in Spanish, you can't even say my name. Because you can't say Joe. Because the letters that are together don't pronounce it that way. So I'm like, what is this fake-ass Latino family trying to do? Calling their son Joe. Oh, God. You're upsetting me. In Spanish, it's yo. It's okay. It's okay, Coda. I'm very sorry. It's okay. That I I brought up your anxiety. It'll be fine. You want kisses? Okay. Anyway. I just like strong names. But also, I decided if I was ever going to have twins... And it was a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. I also love ugly names. Here's the thing. Because I know that my best friend is listening. And she's going to be like, you want to talk about fucking names? Let's talk about some of the characters you have written. Because they have ugly ass names. Oh. Um, I have two char- two sets of twins. Hmm. The boy, They're boys, boy and girl. And one of them is Israel and India. Hmm. And Izzy for short and Indy for short. Hmm. I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then I always decided that if I actually had kids of my own and they were um, 
boy and girl twins, that is going to be Mowgli and Magali. Oh my god. And I was going to call them Mo and Maggie for short. So I can't even talk any kinds of shit You're about so names. funny. I love you. Um, where are we? Okay, so Carrie is about... Are we about, getting there? Yes, we are. Carrie is about to um, have sex with her short story writer, and it's getting hot and heavy. It is great. She rips off his belt in one fluid movement and SJP you can take that right to the bank that was a good move she almost cracked that fucking shit oh it was great I do want to talk about the sexual energy you get Mm. after hanging out with your partner and their family yeah really yes okay I don't know what about it and I didn't notice that it was a thing until me and Chalon started dating Mm -hmm. and I want to go visit his family or like meet his family like, obviously, I want to make a good impression with everybody, so I was just chatting everybody up, making jokes. People were living for me being at their fucking party. And then once we left, Chalm was like, I don't know what about that. That was so hot. That was amazing. Wow. And I was like, ooh, okay. okay. And then he met my family, and the fact that my family loved him, mm-hmm. and I was like, I feel it. It's just, it's just like, because you know how you have, like, passion, passionate ero- eroticism? Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, oh, they're like hot and attractive and I just want to have sex with them and blah 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 and then you have like oh I'm so happy that we're in love and blah 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 and you know you have that kind of sex this one was like I am so happy that people fucking like you and I don't know there's there's power behind it there's energy and I was like that shit's real mm-hmm. that shit's real the fact that they were so ready to fuck after meeting his family I was like that shit's real Real. I've never experienced that so I'm glad that you brought that up because I I've never had that before and I don't know if anybody else has ever had it I can only speak from my perspective, my boyfriend's perspective, but that shit is real. Right. I can't, like, I have the exact opposite reaction (laughs) where if I, like, meet somebody and then, like, they're trying to, like, be dirty with me, I'm like, no, I know your mom now and that's not right. Your mom didn't raise you like that. I know her now. Like, totally the opposite. It's so funny. Uh, Um, So, yeah. So, Buddy's a premature ejaculator. I like how there was no pun or innuendo Mm-mm. when you said that. He was like, Buddy is a premature ejaculator. <laughs> is he? And he oh, is. It's, it's his pants aren't even off. No. The fucking belt came off. Oof. And like, then it was he fucking underwear, nut. and she just grabs it, and it wasn't even one pump, and he was done. Awful. Awful. So sad. And I just, like, I literally, it was like a, it was like my version of a scary movie mm-hmm. where I'm just like, he just, oh, 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 God, that's terrible. He just murdered it. He just... It's gone. That's so sad. Is that you watching scary movies? That's me. No, me watching scary movies. That's the equivalent. Got it. Right. Like, people watch scary movies. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. That's, like... That's the equivalent of me being... Oh. Oh, pumpkin. Oh, you dead. Your oh. relationship's dead. Oh. That's, a, that's a damn shame. Um, super, super sad. Um, it just goes back to my rule. That you should masturbate before every date. It's a good rule. I like that. Because then you're not driven by sex. Uh-huh. So you're not just like, oh, I hope this, enter- this date goes well so I can get some. Right. No, then you're like, oh, do I no, like this like, person? I've Is already, it worth it? Uh, yeah, I've already And it also helps going. you because, you know, it's like sometimes you're just like, ugh, this person kind of sucks, but I'm just trying to get it in. Mm-hmm. It mm. helps you with that because then you don't make bad decisions. Right. And then you don't have like that person you're like, ugh. Smart. I hate this person. It's Fuck really good. Yes. Helps you out. But then also, once you've nut, it's not more, di- it's not difficult, but it makes it a little harder to ejaculate a second time right away. Right. So, if you've already nut once, and you know that you have a problem, mm-hmm. 
then you can just slowly build it back up. You can work on that person. There's a lot of floor before play involved. Mm-hmm. And then you have sex and then you can come. And then it lasts a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Boom. I think Coda's trying to get back into just what? Hi. Oh, come here, Coda. Hi. Here, come lay down. Hi. You want to go lay down? You, you, you want to you wanna go? Do you want kisses? You want to lay down? Ah, you're so cute. Give me kisses. I don't know how to talk to Alex. Huh. Like, you know how people baby their dogs? Yeah. I like, have like what I'm doing with, right yeah. now. <laughs> I just have full conversations like, hey, do you want to, would you like to go lay down? Also, I'm really mean to them. Whenever I get home, I call my dogs the F word. I like using really, like, bright, like, I, I, I like sounding, like, really positive. But then saying really bad things, that's my favorite. Yes. That's my favorite thing with animals is I love being like, oh my gosh, hi, you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen. You're a dirty motherfucker, aren't you? Yeah, you just shit everywhere, you stupid piece of shit. Such a little dickhead. Yeah, Yeah, I do it all the time. Yeah, you're fucking awful. I love it. I do that to um, (laughs) to my my now ex-cat, I guess. Um, She's not dead, she's just with my ex-husband um but i never thought you have to break up with the animals too i do yeah it's my ex i love her um but yeah i would also i would always be like hey chubby cat like literally i would she responds to chubby cat more than she responds to her actual name i think that's how i talk to my boyfriend (laughs) hey you dirty motherfucker yeah you are yeah you are a little piece of shit huh that's terrible um i don't know how he's still dating me i'm telling you yeah i don't know um so Carrie, of course, has to blab to all the girls that he's a premature ejaculator. Um, to which Samantha is like, you know what? Just, just, just fuck him for for his perks. Fuck him for his family. Fuck him for his family. It's totally okay. She was like, one time, one time, she was like, I, fuck, I just fucked a guy because he had a pool. I love and that. I was like, listen, if she is not my spirit animal, right? I know. I totally put down Samantha fucking a guy for his pool <laughs> slut goals. I love it so much. Um, Does anybody have a Pepsi? Who's dick driving like they eat a Pepsi? Right. Ugh. And um, so I guess I now I can't even remember because it's been 100 years since we've watched this episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, Carrie, and, Samantha, Carrie and, and Rhoda have like a little, little day date where they're talking and they're so cute. And my note is literally, ugh, everyone needs a Rhoda. Everyone needs a Rhoda. I love her so much. My favorite thing about this is Rhoda's talking about her daughter and she's like, yeah, no, we're all super close. When my daughter told me she was well, she was a lesbian, I told her it was fine as long as she wasn't a Republican. I know. And I was like, oh, God, God I, I love her. I love her so much. How early in a relationship do you disclose politics? Never. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. You look just like your picture. What's your stance on abortion? Yeah, never. I feel like I never want to know anyone's opinion on politics ever. What do you feel about gentrification? <laughs> I think it's great for Midtown, but it's awful for me. <laughs> it's just no i like i hate it so much i hate talking about politics especially in this political climate Mm. i hate it so much because you're gonna you're gonna come up against something that you two hate and i swear i will never find the one if i have to talk to them about politics that was one thing that i never had to worry about with chad and it was really nice Mm -hmm. is that like he and i are actually different political parties Mm mm-hmm but we would get together every, um, like every time there there was time to vote, and we would go through everything, and we would like watch the videos online of like all of the parties and like read all of the statements, and we would always come to the same conclusions. Like, and it wasn't like because we were married; it was because we were 
weighing this and that and we would like talk about it and we'd be like no yeah that's true i'm gonna vote for this person that is so beautiful yeah like it was great we actually talked about it the other day we were like we kind of miss it because we had to do all that crap like all that like that footwork on our own for this last election we're like we need to get together for that so we'll probably still like get together that is amazing (laughs) my boyfriend and i are pretty much swaying the same way politically Mm -hmm. which is i yes i like different perspectives but also i don't think I could date someone who was opposed to the things that I hold very near and dear to me. That's fair. Politically. Just because, like, everyone says keep politic, uh, keep, like, your morals and everything out of politics, but that's what politics is. That's how you decide what's good for people and what's not. Mm -hmm. But together, he is so smart, and he'll, he researches things, he looks things up, he'll find references for things, and he's always excited to have this information, so he'll share it with me. Mm -hmm. And I am a Facebook debater. I am afraid to say it. <laughs> the second someone's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, Andrew, why do you hate poor people? And then I'll just get into it. I'm not afraid of it. And then it's so great because then I'll have my boyfriend telling me all these like statistics and facts about certain things or mm-hmm. examples. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, let me bring this bitch out. It is going on. Gloves are off. Here's everything that I know about this topic. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah, I love it. So, um, so, uh, where are we? So... Carrie and Charlotte are supposed to go out with Charlotte's brother, and Carrie brings Samantha, mm. which Charlotte's immediately up in arms about. And honestly, I feel like Charlotte, a lot of the time, is really jealous of Samantha's sexual freedom. Yes. I, je- I don't know if jealous is the right word. It's the one that makes the most sense. But there is an ache in Charlotte for mm. what Samantha has. Just the fact that she has seen it, seen things work out for Samantha so much because of who Samantha is, mm-hmm. and not that Charlotte wants that life that Samantha has, but she wants how she wants the confidence that Samantha has about her decisions, mm-hmm. and she also yeah. wants to reap in the benefits of that because Charlotte's very much stuck in her ways, but her ways never work out for her, and she's like, how can this girl who does things that I oppose? be so confident and so proud and so outspoken about these things Hmm. and have it work out in her favor where I feel like I'm in the right and I'm going to stand by these, but I'm not as confident, I'm not as outspoken, and they don't work out for me. Yeah. And then when she brings in family, like her brother Wesley, she definitely doesn't want him to get tainted by the other side. Mm, That's, yeah, that's fair, which of course he's going to because it's Samantha. And she, like, tarted it the hell up for this, too. Like, I think she, like, she did, like, she set out, like, her hair is curly and it's almost never, she looks good. Yeah. Like, she brought it to this. Like, she was like, nope, I'm, I'm, I am coming to score. And I love it. And she's just so upset about it. And the next morning, she wakes up, and Samantha's, of course, like, in his t-shirt, looking around for coffee, and Charlotte loses her damn mind on her. Is your vagina in the New York City guidebooks? Because it should be, since it's open all the time. Yeah. Harsh. Fuck, Charlotte brought it. I want to see Charlotte more mad at things. It's, like, really, it was really uncalled for, and it was really mean. Yeah. Um... Like, somebody recently kind of, like, called me out saying that, like, I was just super successful and, like, all of this stuff that, like, I have no control over. Like, it you just... control of your own success. I mean, like, but the things, like... The some things of the, that she was saying yeah, specifically. Yeah, like, the yeah. things that she was saying specifically. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck off. Like, I, I'm not going to feel bad because 
I worked really hard to get here and I'm too old to have gotten here so late, but I did. Like, and just be like, happy. You're my friend. Like, be happy for right. me. Yeah. Like just do it and don't come to me asking for advice and then turn on me, whatever. But like, I just, I feel bad for, um, for Samantha in this because she doesn't have a lot of female friends because of the way that she is. And to have one of them turn on her like that, especially one that's like that, is bullshit. And she storms out, obviously. Um, and back in, in Miranda world, she's had sex with, with dad. And and is everything seemingly super, super awesome. And she goes to go to the bathroom. Doesn't lock the door, mm. which is a rookie mistake. Even if I was in a space that literally just had me and the other person that would lock the door. I'm like, listen, even though we just had sex and like you're, you were all up in my V, I don't want you seeing me, seeing, seeing me, my pee. Yeah, seeing my pee come out of my V. Because you're in my V doesn't mean you can see me pee. Right, yeah, no. Like, Have you ever seen a partner pee? Yes. Hell yeah. Um, funny story. So, Coda, pee or get off the pot, yo. What are you doing? Don't pee on the floor or I'll kick your ass. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so when Chad and I first moved to Las Vegas, it is not like Reno in the sense that when you move into an apartment, they're just like, like the lights are already on, everything's already, and you just call to have it changed over to your name. Mm-hmm. They shut it down. They shut it all the way down and then they take a week to go out and turn it on for you. And because it is eight hours away from Reno, we legitimately got there really late at night signed over everything and realized that we didn't have electricity we didn't have heat we had water because that's what the apartment paid for and that's it we literally for the first week that we were there like we went and got a trim like a haircut just so we could get our hair washed because we didn't have heat in our water oh my god it was awful and like we literally had cable television before we had the electricity to run it the cable came out before it's yeah fuck las vegas for so many other reasons than this um but we ended up because all the bathrooms were towards the back of the apartment Mm -hmm. we had to pee with the door open or we didn't have any light to pee like we went to the dollar store and like bought a bunch of candles and so we would like light all the candles so that there was enough light that we could see the toilet that we could pee so yes we saw each other pee and that set up the course of our entire relationship of peeing with the door open because we were after that week so entrenched and ingrained with the idea that the door needed to be left open for the light that's beautiful (laughs) it's so stupid that's beautiful but yeah so we were just so we're totally cool with it like i think even to this day like if we were in the middle of a conversation like he would just keep talking and go into the bathroom and like take shit or whatever like and i would just be like that's cool john and i haven't got to the poop level that's fair it's not a good level to like it it's just it's a little much yeah i don't know that i would get there again with anyone quite honestly i'm gonna take a shit and we're gonna keep doing the podcast okay fantastic i'm okay with being with you on that level that's fine Uh, delicious um so yeah so miranda doesn't lock the door and of course the kid comes in and she immediately like slams the door closed like knocking the sucker out which frankly he deserves and calm down a little bit yeah riley knock it off and so of course the dad's like oh 
you know, he might need stitches. Man, why don't you just leave? And it's like, of course. Because she always, this it, all of Miranda's stories end like this. Oh, no, she made a rookie mistake, and now they don't like her anymore. Always. Hey. It's dumb. Um, and I, I kind of love the end of this episode because um, Carrie realizes that she has to break up with Rhoda and not with Justin Thoreau. Because at this point... <laughs> Justin or Justin Thoreau and Carrie have tried to have sex again. Carrie touched his penis and he came. Yeah. And then she tried to have a conversation with him about it and he got super fucking pissy. Yeah, super cranky about it. And so they go hang out with the family again and he is just being a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And like he's yelling at his mom. And I would never, ever date anybody who yelled at their mom. No, that's not, it's not okay. Like I can be frustrated with my mom for sure. Yes. But, like, yelling, oof, that's right. Or treating your mom like that kind of, sh- like, yes, everyone gets upset with their mom. And in and, and different, like, levels, like, obviously, if your mom was a fucking crack whore who just ruins everybody's lives, yeah, go ahead and yell at her. But, like, right. if your mom has been as kind and as open and as... And amazing as, as, Rhoda, as Rhoda, yeah. You don't fucking yell at her. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. And that's my big, like, mm-mm. 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 If you're mean to your mom, yeah. don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. Out. Done. Cortale. Quebras, equis, had to switch to another language. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Um, so then he's just being super pissy, and then Carrie's like, "You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave." And then Rhoda's the one who follows her out. She's like, "Don't go, Carrie. Carrie, stay. <laughs> Carrie, I love you. Carrie." And then that's when Carrie's like, "Oh, I have to break up with his mom, oh. not with him." And then she's like, "We can still be friends. It's not you." Yeah. It's me not liking your son because he's an asshole. And she's like, listen, I get it. It's ironic. He writes short stories. <laughs> and I'm like, Rhoda, get it. Drag your son. Like, Can I see a Sex and City show about Rhoda? Can I just have Rhoda <coughs> forever? Did she? I feel like she passed away. I don't know. She... I don't know. Look it up. In the meantime, that is the end of the episode. Um, if you want to follow along, our next episode will be season two, episode 16, entitled, Was It Good For You? So um, we will be putting out another another question on social media. So feel free to check all of our all of our things so that you can answer it. And maybe we will mention you in the podcast Bitch! for the next episode. She's still alive. She's still, yay. <laughs> oh my God, give her a series. <laughs> Dear HBO, dear Hulu, dear Netflix. Dear everybody. Give her a series. Oh my God, Rhoda, I love you. What is her real name? (laughs) Valerie Harper. Valerie Harper. That's a great name. That is a good name. That is a good, strong name. Uh, Valerie Harper, I love you. Um, So yeah, that's the end of our episode. I just thought of an example. I just thought of an example of someone who has a shitty name. I love Shawn Mendes. But Shawn Mendes' full name is Shawn Peter Raul Mendes. Whoa. That doesn't flow. That's too much. That does not flow together. And I love a lot of names. (laughs) But just like, that's all like, here's a single name, here's a single name, here's a single name, last name. Mm -hmm. So that's tough. I don't mean any disrespect if that's like named after any family members or anything. (laughs) I've just known people like Zach Efron. Zachary David Alexander Efron. That flows. That's pretty good. That has power. Mm -hmm. So there's the difference. Yeah. I'm glad I thought of that 16 years after we brought that up. Excellent. So I'm glad that those are based both (laughs) off of famous men that I really love. I love it. Okay. So um, email us. I couldn't help it. Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We swear on Chanel. Thank you. Um, And just like us on Facebook. Um, Like follow us. Love us. We're 
awesome. Let us know what you fucking think about that sick new intro. Oh, it's so amazing. Um, thank you so much, Jess. So until next time, always, always wear a condom. condom. Bye. Bye.